Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Well, it's nearly Christmas, and maybe you're thinking about relationships. Some of you would be thinking, well, the present I'd love to get is to be loved by so-and-so or to have my love reciprocated or whatever it might be. Hey, if you have relationship problems or even relationship questions that necessarily don't apply to problems, that's what we're here for. I'm Dr. Joe Beam, along with Kimberly Holmes, who is the CEO of our organization, Marriage Helper. We're doing our Monday Facebook Live that we do most every Monday, which means that you actually can call in and ask us relationship questions, and we'll do our best to answer them. I'll give my shot at it, then Kimberly will give you the right answer. That's typically how it is, right? (laughs) Typically. Our telephone number, if you'd like to call, is 657-383-0812. That's Mm 657-383-0812. And when you call, if you wish to speak to us, be sure that when you hear that answer... (laughs) Press one. Press that number one, and that puts you into the queue. And then uh, you will talk to uh, one of our receptionists out there, one of our call takers, and then we'll try to get you on the air and Mm -hmm. hear what you have to say and answer your questions as best we can. Yes, and if you would like to hear Dr. Beam sing Jingle Bells and Tenor, then you can request that as well. <laughs> That's how he said he was going to open up the show today, and he did not deliver. So. Well, it was because when I sing tenor, it's <laughs> actually pretty bad. Actually, when I sing no, period, it's pretty bad. Hey, I'll tell you what you can get me for Christmas. You see this hair? It's a mess. If you live somewhere in Middle Tennessee and you're an expert at fixing hair, if you know how to cut my hair where it'll be absolutely amazing hairdo, you call us and you say, hey, send Dr. Bean to me because right now I need somebody to do something with this mop. And that's the present you can give me for Christmas if indeed you're brilliant at fixing hair and cutting hair, styling hair. How about that? Well, we're making requests for Christmas presents. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I really don't have anything to add now unless, you know, you own a jewelry store or if you have... Any connection with some international governments, then I could really use that help right now. But we won't get into that. Kimberly's adopting children out of India, and she's getting a little impatient for those kids to get here. A little bit. A little bit. So, but hey, that's that's fine. They will get here, and all will be well. Well, Joe, we have a caller. Our first caller today is Mandy from Washington. Mandy, can you hear us? I can hear you guys. Right. Are you in Washington State or Washington, D.C.? Washington State. Okay, good. How may we help you today? Uh, first, I just want to say it's so awesome I get to talk to you guys. Um, well, you know, I'm just kind of looking for some direction. It's been a little bit of a journey. Um, I'm going to try to talk, give you a little background without talk, talking too much. But basically, in July, um, I've been, I, we came back from a trip from the Philippines. Um, my husband's from there. We had a cousin, or my husband has a cousin, third cousin that was supposed to get married to um, one of our pastor's sons. And when we came home, you know, she was very close to our family. So when we came back, um, I kind of caught them having an emotional affair. It probably was within one week. Uh, just kind of like more expressing things in that very beginning stage of limits. Okay, like are you, you saying that, that your husband was having this emotional affair? Yeah, like he never had any kind of social media, but as soon as we came home, he'd asked my daughter to get a messenger for him. And and so I just had this kind of weird feeling because just one of those things. And so I was like, you know, I, I said, I need to get on here and kind of see what's happening. And right away, you know, I can see there was like just, um, you know, your dream, my dream man, my dream girl kind of thing. And I chimed in on that conversation before I even got a process anything. And I kind of seen that this isn't appropriate how they're talking to each other. Um and I chimed in on that conversation, and basically at the end of that conversation with both of them in there, they said they weren't going to be talking anymore, okay. and that that was that was going to be it. Okay. So, but right right away, a really interesting thing is we've been married for 22 years, and um, you know he's a truck driver, and and he's home daily, but he it was like he was kind of just like not calling me or my daughter, just being distant. I was like, what's going on here, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I assumed that 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 had stopped between the two of them. About a month later, I found out 
um, she no longer was going to marry that guy. And then, um, uh, so I assumed he was going through some kind of a depression because he only was coming home about twice a week to eat and maybe came home four times to sleep. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, after, so I, and he lost like 25 pounds, you know, I was doing some snooping, I was kind of watching his YouTube, so he was kind of watching like music that I felt like was kind of referring to me and all that. So after two months, so I was still like, what is going on? Couldn't figure things out. And so finally, you know, of course I kept snooping, doing the wrong thing. And um, I found yet another device. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure he was still talking to her. Since then, I found out he's gone to the Philippines twice. Hmm. and I didn't confront him on, he knew I found the phone, because this right. is when the real change happened, because I, I reacted wrong, and when he, you know, that that's when he really kind of said, I'm moving out, but his, his move out just consisted of taking clothes, and he's been sleeping in a semi-truck every since. Okay, and he moved and, out, he moved know, out when? When did he move out? Um, in September 16th, we had a daughter that went to college, so as soon okay. as we got back from so, taking her so, to college, but he... He right. still was basically not around anyways. Okay, so how can we help you today with this then? So, um, you know, obviously, um, after I found that phone, he asked for it back. I gave it back to him, and mm-hmm. I haven't really confronted him since. He has no idea that I know that he's been to the Philippines twice. Mm-hmm. He has no idea that I've been, you know, I'm still snooping, but I know I'm not so soon. That's why I haven't done anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to work on pies. You know, he, he has recently... Um, you know, he slowly started coming back around more and started taking more care of his responsibilities because basically he's been giving me a paycheck to pay the bills and leaving. We have a special needs son that's seven and a daughter who just went to college. And, yeah, and I'm just, you know, today's a little bit more emotional day for me, so I'm sorry if I'm all over the place because okay. there's just yeah, a lot. So, so how can we help? <laughs> so I've asked him twice to go to the workshop, mm-hmm. and, you know, he wasn't quite ready for that. Yeah, or he said no to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, you know, I'm just kind of curious, do I just keep, um, you know, because the last two weeks, like, he's actually came around and, like, hung out with my son and taken him more and mm-hmm. just kind of, like, I feel like, and he was, anyway, so I'm just kind of like, what, do, how, do I just keep waiting this out and, like, just play in this limbo here or... Like, okay. but how, or how, how would I confront him on something like All right. this? So I'm going to make sure I, I understand this, okay? All right, but let me make yeah. sure I understand. He's not living at home. No? He's not living at home, I'm is sorry? that correct? He is not living at home, is so, that correct? Correct, he's living in his truck. Okay, and now that he's coming around more, he's not spending more time with you, he's spending more time with your son, is that correct? Well, Well, me too. I mean, it's almost like, you know, he's he's friendly to me. Like, we laugh. We laugh. Like, almost everything's normal. The only time he gets a little bit weird is, like, um, like defensive or anything like that. As if, if okay. maybe, like, I, I'm assuming he's normalizing and telling him, her, that I can't, that, that I don't let him see his son and stuff. Because, like, when we, okay. we just so, recently came back from. So when you have conversations with him, are those conversations anything other than just business conversations, like about money, about your child, about et cetera? Are you having any conversations where you're actually communicating with each other? Oh, yes. We have really normal com- communication with that. We just, okay. I just don't talk about us. Okay. And, if, and us. if you were, if you were to talk about you, you anticipate he would react in what fashion? Um, it doesn't want to, because if he does think I'm going to talk about us, he immediately is like, I don't want to talk about us. And like a couple months ago, he actually was like, that's it, I want a divorce. You know, I'm like, what, what? Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm really trying not to push anything like that. So basically what I hear you saying is that he's kind of in what we call the valley, which means that at least right now, his relationships with you are peaceful, and you get some benefits out of that in that he's giving you the money and those kinds of things. At the same time, you understand that he probably is still involved, at least in some fashion, with the other woman. Am, am I reading that correctly? Absolutely. Okay. And so in the I valley... I believe so, yes. Right. So in the valley, we, this is what we suggest. Now, obviously, as you know, you have to make your own decision. But when we talk about the valley, we talk about a person who is in a situation where he, sometimes she, but in this case it's he, where he doesn't feel that he really has to do anything. Because he kind of, you know, is in this situation where I've kind of got this and I've kind of got that. And what we typically recommend to people is if when a, your spouse is in that valley, if you feel that things are progressing between the two of you, that the communication between you actually is advancing, that, that somehow you feel that you have a better shot at putting this thing back together, then we recommend if, if you can tolerate being in the valley and you're making progress, 
then that might not be a bad thing to do. But at whatever point that either A, you understand, well, there's no progress at all. I mean, it's just the valley and I'm not accomplishing anything. We're not getting any closer. Or if you feel that it's damaging you in some fashion, either physically, intellectually, emotionally, or spiritually, like this is tearing my nerves apart, or this is affecting my health, or or this is keeping me from functioning the way I want to function because I think about it all the time, or if it's doing any damage in those same ways, physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, to your son, for example, or your daughter who's in college, then we suggest that when you get to that point, if you get to that point where you say, wow, this this." is not working well for me or for my kids or even for him, then that's when we suggest, okay, there may be time for you to put up a stop. And, and that's a safeguard that offers protection. Saying, if, if you are going to keep doing this, then I'm going to have to do that. Sometimes people refer to them as boundaries. We tend to stop talking about boundaries because people put so many different definitions and understandings of it. And so we call it a stop, a safeguard that offers protection. Not something to punish the other person, but protect you or your child physically, intellectually, emotionally, or spiritually. And so when you say, should I keep doing this or should I not? The question back to you is, can you do it for a little while longer at least where you're okay with it? Or, and I don't mean okay and like, this is wonderful, this is great, but in other words, you can tolerate it. Or are you reaching the point where it's damaging you or your child or your, any of your children? And if so, then that's the time when you finally say, you know, I can't keep doing this. And so here's the stop I'm going to put up. If you do this, I'm going to have to do that. Or sometimes you can put what, what people often refer to as criteria. We call them cores, which is a condition of, of uh, what do we stand for? <laughs> The core uh, condition of uh, relationship continuing. I don't remember how we put it. Well, and I'm <laughs> continuing, continuing our relationship essential. I can't believe I couldn't remember that. Uh, continuing our relationship essential or core, yeah. what other people might call criteria, where basically you say, this is going to have to happen. And so a criteria or core, mm-hmm. a, con- a condition of continuing a relationship would be this. You must move back home or must be this. You, and, and you have to decide what those are. Now, these are the kind of things where that we typically don't have enough time to help you think it through here. And, and although this may sound like a commercial, or forgive me if it does, this is the kind of thing we have coaches for. Whether if you call our number that we'll put on the screen here, if you call our number, then you can say, I want to talk to one of the coaches. Now, there is a, a, a fee for that, as you understand. Even though we're a nonprofit, we have to charge for some of the things that we do. And the coaches can help you think those things through. All right, I give a very long answer. Let me summarize. If you can tolerate what's happening for a while longer, then there may be value in doing that if you feel that you're making some kind of progress with him. If you feel there's no progress whatsoever, hmm, or that it is damaging you or your kids physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, that's when you might put, to put up a stop or a core. Either if, if you keep doing this, I'm going to have to do this, or I need you to do this which means like move home or whatever it might be, or go to the workshop with me, whatever it might be. And if you don't, this is what I'm going to have to do. Now, you can get online and find various podcasts where we've talked about those kinds of things, how to do them, and those are free. Or you can call us and and line, uh, line up speaking with one of our coaches who can help you think these things through. But that's a rather long answer to say it's really up to you and how it's affecting you and your kids at this point. Yeah, um, Mm -hmm. I've been kind of listening to all those, and, um, you know, um, it has been obviously very emotionally affecting all of us from the get-go. I mean, it's turned out, you know, Mm -hmm. we we all thought we had the perfect family, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, but anyways, we, um, anyways, uh, my goal is is to get to the workshop. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying, I've been trying to work on myself, get myself stronger, Mm -hmm. and just be there for my kids. So obviously Mm -hmm. rocked my daughter's world, and my, and my son, and everybody disappeared. But, um. And things are, you know, I feel like getting better, and I'm, like, at least with him and I, and I'm just trying to hold off and to mm-hmm. make it through this storm. And in, in the meantime, I also just praying to God I can get him to go to the workshop so that he can, because I know that I'm pretty sure he hasn't quite understood everything with himself. Um, right. But my, my question is this, then, because I told you, everything I have gotten has been from snooping. He's trained me well. I'm pretty good and pretty much could figure out what's going on. He's probably wondering. <laughs> he doesn't even know. He, he probably has an idea that I know because he knows me well, mm-hmm. but I just haven't fully confronted him on it because 
you know, your stuff says don't snoop. So, I mean, how do I deal with that if I'm going to try to put boundaries up or, you no. know, or, or do anything if I, if I want to do that? Obviously, it's very likely he's going to react negatively when he finds out that you snooped because mm-hmm. people almost always do. But if it comes to the point where you have to tell him what you know, then you're going to have to tell him how you know. Of course, you can always try not to. You okay. can always say, I know this. When he says, how do you know? You can always reply, I have my sources. Now, if he accepts that, yeah. then that's all you do. If he keeps pushing, I need to know, then you can say, okay, I know what I did. is going to make you angry, but I need to tell you that. But, but first of all, here's what I recommend. Try to get through this Christmas season if you can. If you can. Okay. Yeah. And maybe about the workshop, you ask him this way. Say, I want something for Christmas, and I'm asking this of you. Thank you for the fact that the money comes here. Yeah. Thank you for taking care of the kids. But I, I'm asking you to do this for me over Christmas. Now, it may or may not work. At whatever point you decide to put up a stop or a core, then you're probably going to have to reveal that you know. And there's probably going to be a negative consequence to that in all likelihood. But, I mean, you've done what you've done, right? It is what it is. Well, yeah. And, and he knows me very well. I mean, he, he's kind of, you know, how to pattern us and stuff. You know, actually, sometimes, I, you know, he is a really good person, but I, I, I just know he's got some struggles in life, too, but mm-hmm. never has gone something like this extreme and far. So mm-hmm. he knows that I, right. he, that he knows, that's what I said, he's, tra- he's trained me well, so he knows that stuff. But he actually did, you know, went and got his own phone, and, and, and he just kind of, you know, got his own mailbox. He just right. you know, kind of wanted to divorce me in his right. brain, I think, to make this all okay. It could but, be. Um, yeah. okay, it could well, be. That's, that's good to know. All right, well, try to make it to the Christmas so. season if you can, just for the sake of the kids, okay? If you can. Yes, thank you so right. much. Thank I you. I appreciate you guys so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Mandy. Bye-bye. Okay. Tough right. situation. It is a tough situation, but there is there is hope. There's always hope. We believe that more mm-hmm. than anyone. I believe that we believe that because we've seen it work for so many people so many times. Mm-hmm. So many times. So now, many times. remember, if you're calling in, we have a ton of callers. If you're wanting to ask a question to Dr. Beam, then be sure to press the number one, and it'll put you in the queue to be able to ask a question. So going to our next caller, we have Stephen and... I don't know which state he's from, but Stephen, can you hear us okay? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Yes, yes Stephen, where, where, in, where in the world are you? What state are you in or what country? Uh, Texas. Texas. Okay, that's a whole other country. It is a country. <laughs> <laughs> How may we help you today, my friend? So, quick, I'll give a quick backdrop so we can, and you can ask clarifying questions so that way I don't take up too much time. Um, me and my wife have been separated for six months. She has filed for divorce. Uh, the reason we separated is because I did find out about an emotional affair she had with a regular at a bar that she used to work at. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't the very nicest person when I found this out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, so hopefully I don't get judged on this. I did get, I did try to do self-harm in front of her the last day we spoke or saw each other, which was the end of June. We've only had contact through her work email since then, and now she has cut off all contact within the last month. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to see how do I establish contact again. Mm. Well, of course, you can't force a person to talk to you. And if you try, if you try to force right. a person to talk to you, she's just going to be pushed further away. And what I just heard you say is this, that, that you have done things, and I'm not trying to beat you up. What's done is done, okay? I'm just trying to understand that you've done things where it was like she wants to avoid you, because she's afraid that you, for example, may hurt yourself. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Well, do you have any friends in common at all? So that's the awkward situation is we own a home in Mm -hmm. Texas Mm -hmm. together, Mm -hmm. and her parents have been living with me now the whole time. Okay. Well, (laughs) that's kind of an unusual situation, of course. How do you get along with them? Yeah. It It was to help them. It was to help them out. I a you. couple years ago when we bought the house. Right, so how do you get along with these but people? But they're not on my side. Okay, so are you, uh, are you friendly fine. at all? Are you talking to each other at all? Yeah. Okay, and so at least you can oh, communicate yeah, with them. Um, actually, so on, correct. Okay, so here's what we recommend. And I've been working on my pies and you know, not really showing them, but you know, going, going back to church more. And they're very church-going people, even though mm-hmm. she, my wife is not. Right. Um, okay. And I try to talk to them about, you know, religious stuff and scripture and stuff like that and try to have them be there for me, at least spiritually, if not mm-hmm. physically, if that makes sense. 
Okay, I understand that. Well, what we recommend when the other person is not having communication with you, and you already understand what the pies are, and for those others out there who are watching or listening who do not, it has to do with physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual. You can find out for the others. You can find that on all over our website at marriagehelper.com. You can find it on our podcast. You can find it in many, many different places. And so what we recommend is when you don't have direct contact with the person, he or she doesn't want that contact, then you live the pies in such a way that you hope that people who have contact with her, who also see how you're growing and changing, will tell her. Now, you don't ask them to tell her because of the fact that that almost always comes back and backfires on you in some fashion. And so you don't ask. What you do is that you live it realistically. In other words, and I'm not saying that you would do this, it's not something you're doing so that they'll give the message. You're doing it because it's what you really want to be. I want to be the best I can physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. In other words, it's very genuine. And hoping then that the people who have contact with her, who see you or have exposure to you, actually will at some point tell her about that. And so consistently live that in front of her parents, genuinely. And, and be careful that you don't come across ever as trying to manipulate them to be on your side, manipulate them in any fashion to be against her, or manipulate them in any fashion where they feel like they're being used as some kind of a, a middleman. So be very, very careful you don't do that. Now, it's awfully generous of you that they still live with you. Good for you. I'm glad that you're letting that happen. So be as genuine as you can in your own personal development, my friend. And without manipulating them or even asking them, you hope that the message finally gets back to her. Hey, he's becoming a better person. It's amazing what's happening here. He's got control of himself emotionally now and and those kinds of things. So that she doesn't have any fear about the fact that, well, you're going to hurt yourself if I'm with you or anything else. Now, I realize that's a very slow path. And I realize it's kind of frustrating because it doesn't do what you want it to do immediately. But right now, my friend, you're in a long game, not a short game. And if you can do this consistently, we truly and honestly and genuinely hope that that message will get to her. If so, at some point, hopefully then, that realigns the communication. But you've got to be patient here. Genuinely work on you and be patient. That's the key to this. Mm -hmm. Got it? All right, Joe, I appreciate that. And for anyone else listening, um, there's no kids involved, so that's why there's no other contact. I understand. So so this is for those that, you know, don't have kids, and there was no affair or anything Mm -hmm. like that. It was just my actions led down a very bad rabbit hole that I created for myself. We're all human. We all mess up. The thing is, what do you do now? Okay? Mm -hmm. Go beat yourself up. But I appreciate y'all and the... And all the podcasts I probably listened over to over a hundred hours, oh, wow. all the way back to 2015. So wow, <laughs> yeah, I was only 12 years old. Yeah, I, I put it. <laughs> okay, my friend, my heart is with you. Okay? But thank you guys. Y'all have a great day. Thank, thank you. you. Same thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Oh, I love people like that. Trying so hard. Yes, trying so hard, and he realizes he messed up. But hey. Who hasn't messed up? But also wanting to do something to change. A lot of people just want to vent or rant and just talk about all the terrible things that have happened, but don't actually want to implement what they're hearing to make a positive change. Right. So So kudos to him for that. Absolutely. Step in the right direction for sure. All right. Next we have Jackie from Michigan. She has a question about compromise. Jackie, can you hear us okay? Hi, how are you all? Hey, doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, So my situation is um, my husband and I have been at the standstill with um, a compromise that we are trying to get through, and it just never seems to go anywhere. Okay. Um, He's in the military, so Mm -hmm. um, we've got an assignment impending to Alaska, Mm -hmm. and I just find myself unwilling to make more sacrifices when I, I, I don't know what I, I honestly just know where to go from this point. Okay. We can I ask a couple of questions here? Are, are you, is the compromise about whether or not you're going to move to Alaska? Is that what the compromise is about? Um, kind of. My husband has the opportunity to turn down an assignment that he knows that I didn't want to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he chose it without my blessing. And mm-hmm. it just, it, it, I've met you before, you know who I am, but I just, um, 
I we're having such a hard time with this issue and I mean it it just keeps repeating itself and there's never any movement in one direction or another you know one of us has to give and I feel like I'm going to be the one who has to give but um okay I guess after a, a certain number of times of being the one who always concedes for the other person you feel taken advantage of and um not valued your opinion isn't valued because a lot of the things that he did were directly in contradiction with my wishes for a long time. I understand. Um, and so I'm, I'm not sure where to go from this point, you know, in addition to all of our other marital problems. Okay. Well, I recognize now who you are. I recognize the voice. Have, have you guys been working with one of our coaches? No, but I think that's the next step. <laughs> okay. All right. Because I remember you from coming to the workshop. I remember you from other occasions as well. Okay. And, and so I know who you are and think very highly of you. And you understand from having come to the workshop that when it comes to a compromise, it's always really time to understand the core issues. You know, your core issue, his core issue. And what I'm hearing you say right now is that your core issue is that you feel devalued. Like I'm not important. You don't, you don't consider what I think. You don't consider what I feel. And that's a big part of the core issue for you right now. Correct? Yes. Okay. Any idea what his core issue is? Um, if I had to guess, he believes that I don't value him as well. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem is neither one of us want to feel devalued by giving in on this because his issue is you've done something wrong to me. Um, so I have a right. I feel mm -hmm. like you, in order for you to show me that you still appreciate me and love me, I need to concede and go to Alaska with him. Right. And then I, at the same time, it, I, it would make me feel devalued if I went. So it's, I think that's, like you said, the core issue. And we're both at a standstill because neither one of us want to give up anymore. Right. Gotcha. Um, but you have not done any coaching devalued. with this at this point. Is that correct? You have not? I, there's no what? You have not yet done coaching with our coaches. Is that correct? No, not yet. Okay. All right. So here's what I want you to do. Do you remember who your client representative is? You don't need to tell me the name here, but do you remember the client representative you worked with with us? While we were there? You know, the person that helped set up for you to come to the workshop. Do you remember his or her name? Yes. I have him in a, um, a text message from okay. when we first started talking. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to tell, I'm going to talk to our CRs, our client representatives, and, and, and therefore it will be with whoever you met with. And I'm going to tell them that I'm, I'm making a special offer to help you out. If indeed you will sign up for our coaching, you and your husband. And I want to make kind of a Christmas gift to you here about how we're going to do that. If you'll contact your client representative this afternoon, I'll let them all know who you are and that we've talked. And, uh, but I really want to get you guys into coaching right now. Will you do that for me if I make yeah, a special deal? Yeah, it's important because the, the days are ticking, you okay. know, toward a decision. And okay. Well, I want you to contact like your client representative. And it's been months. Right. If you will, please contact your client representative this afternoon. I will, I will have talked to whoever he or she is. And, and I want to make sure that you, uh, I'm going to work out some kind of a thing where you, that we get you into coaching right now. That's a gift for me because I really want you guys to make it. And uh, I'm just feeling very generous today, very Christmassy. How about that? Plus, I Even think very... Even though you won't sing Jingle Bells, you're still feeling much. Christmassy. What's that now? Even though you won't sing Jingle Bells for us, you're still... <laughs> so, so will you do that? Will, if I make that arrangement today, will you sign up for coaching? Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> All right, now I've got you to see the whole world just heard you say yes, so now we have to do this, right? Okay. Yeah, I've been wanting to do it. It's just been a financial situation for us. And that's... Me not working, that's a little... And that's what I'm going to take care of totally today. Totally different situation than we typically are in. Okay. <laughs> so. But that's what I'm going to take care of today. But I have your word. You're going to call the client representative this afternoon, and we're going to make this happen, right? We'll make it happen. Okay. All right. Well, I'm taking your, your word there, and I know who you are. <laughs> okay. We'll find I know. Just like Santa. <laughs> okay. We'll get that done right away. All right. Thanks, Jackie. Thank okay. you. She's... You know, she, she's a very delightful young woman. I've met her and her husband on two or three occasions before they came to the workshop. And I can't give away coaching to everybody, obviously. Um, but sometimes, as people know, when you call in on this program, sometimes I give people things, which is one of the advantages of you being one of the people to call in and ask a question. Hit me in the right mood and you get something that I pay for. 12 days of Christmas right here. <laughs>
Okay, thank you, Jackie. And we're going to uh, just, uh, and if you don't mind reminding me to contact the client representatives to line that up. Okay, very good. Thank you. Quick minute for a Facebook question that's come in. Someone okay. says, my wife wants to use the same attorney to speed up the divorce. Would you do this? I don't want the divorce. If you don't want the divorce, then why would you agree to use the same attorney to have a divorce? That would be the question I would ask. Now, it does become more expensive if you also get an attorney. It does. And, and it's going to cost you more money. And when people want the divorce and are ready for the divorce and want to get the divorce, like, hey, I just want out, then using the same attorney can make sense. But understand that the attorney will have you sign a paper saying that she, your wife, is his client. Mm. Because he'll do that so that you don't sue him later. Because what he's going to do, since she's the client, he's going to make sure that she gets what it is that she wants. Mm. Because that's the way that works. Now, if, if you don't want the divorce, then if it were I, you have to make your own decision, obviously. And if, if, if money becomes a problem, this becomes more difficult to do. But if it were I, I would not use the same attorney if I did not want the divorce. Mm-hmm. And, but it's going to cost you some money if you get your own attorney. But then he or she, whichever attorney you choose, will make sure that all of your rights are taken care of and your representative and can sometimes draw this thing out while we try to help you put this thing back together. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. If you're watching us live on Facebook or if you're listening and want to ask a question, you can do so by calling 657-383-0812 and be sure to press the number 1 to be put in the queue to be able to ask a question to Dr. Beam. We'll be taking questions for a little bit longer. The next question we have comes from, let me find it. Where? Well, I don't know where they went. <laughs> okay. Okay. The next question comes from Amy in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. She has a question on how to respond to her, to her husband without being emotional. Amy, can you hear us okay? Can you put me on mute in your background? Me? Yes, we can now, and not hearing myself through your phone. Yeah. I don't think. No, I'm still hearing. Can you? So can you, you, have, hear do, you have, do you have your computer on and watching us on the computer by any chance? Nope, the computer's up. I'm just on the phone. Oh, okay. I don't know why we're getting that feedback then. I don't hear it anymore. Okay, it, it went away. It how, went away. How may we help you today? Is this better? Yes. Yes, thank you. Perfect. Um, I, my husband keeps asking. What did he do wrong and, you know, what contributions did he make to problems in the marriage? And so I respond, but I'm responding in very emotional ways. And he asks what he can do differently. And I don't know how to respond in a productive, non-emotional Okay, can you give an example of what you mean when you say respond emotionally? What do you do? Uh, uh, I... Say like um, I feel devalued because of this, or I, you know, mm-hmm. don't feel like I feel controlled. You f- okay? So you're just and talking about how so- you feel. How I guess I'm missing something. This how, why why do you say then that you're answering emotionally? Are you are you yelling at him? Are you sobbing? I mean, what's well, the no, emotional I'm connection? I'm asking with emotional phrases, and he is um, struggles with emotion. So I'm saying it in a not, like, if if I asked him what I did wrong, he would say, you did this, and it was like an action, you know, like, mm-hmm. instead, where I'm like, I feel, or, you know, I feel controlled, mm-hmm. I feel um Okay, so when you say hurt. that, when you say, I feel controlled, does he then ask for examples? Um... No. <laughs> okay. So. And, and I've you, given him the, the control questionnaire, and he, has, he doesn't view himself as controlling. Okay. All right. So I, I'm, I guess I'm missing something here, something I'm not understanding. It's, it's really okay to answer in terms of this is what I feel. So tell me how this is a problem, because I, I I'm, I'm not catching something here. So help me. Well, I think based on like things that I can change it's um, I'm saying it with um, stop you know being in, in control of the money and stop um, you know treating me like I'm an evil person and I'm against you 
Uh-huh. And those things are just, I, they're just not working. He wants to know what he did wrong and wants to know what he can do differently, but doesn't um, take any responsibility or accept that he's done anything wrong. Even when you give him an example, like, like, please stop controlling the money because I feel like I'm being controlled when that happens. He looks at you and goes, I don't understand what you mean. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. So you're actually giving... Or, no, he says... Be- Go ahead, He please. would say, be- I am control the money because um, I don't like the way that you spend it. So he's defensive. So he's defensive. When you give concrete examples, mm-hmm. he rejects the concrete examples. Yes. Okay. Now, it doesn't sound to me, based on what I'm hearing, and of course, you know, I'm, all I can go off is what you're saying, but it doesn't sound to me, based on what you're saying, that you're doing anything wrong. It sounds as if, now you see, if you were working with a counselor or a therapist, and, and we would teach the same principles because they're, they're applicable, you know, speak in terms of this is how I feel, because that helps the other person to feel less defensive. You know, I feel control, etc. And if they ask for an example, can you tell me what you're talking about? Well, the fact that you control all the money, I feel controlled. What you're doing, what, based on what I'm hearing here, what you're doing is exactly the way that we would teach people to do it. Or if you were going to see a counselor or a therapist, he or she would be saying that that's the way you should do it. What I'm hearing here is your frustration in that you are doing those things, and the response back from him is, I reject what you just said. Basically, am I getting mm-hmm. that right? Yes. Okay. And if the question you have is, well, how can I do it differently so that he hears it? I don't know that you can do that any better. I mean, when you say, this is what I feel, that's crucial. When, when he says, what do you mean? Well, this is the example. May I give you this example? The only suggestion I can give is that your example might become more concrete, like I needed the other day to do this, but because of the way you control the money, I didn't have the $20 to do that, and I felt embarrassed, or I I felt frustrated, or I felt helpless, or whatever the feeling might be. That's the only thing I can think of that you can say or do that makes it any clearer. Now, if that were to work, then fine. Just give more specific examples. Rather than you control the money, it's like the other day when I was in this situation and didn't have the money because of the way you control it, I felt helpless, frustrated, whatever the thing might be. Now, if at that point he finally goes, oh, I get it, I understand, awesome. But if at that point he continues with, well, yeah, but I didn't want you to have that $20 because I don't like the way you spend money, then I don't know that there's anything you can do better or differently to get him to understand that. Because communication is always a two-way process, not just what you feel, not just what you're experiencing, not just the stories that you can tell. But if the other person rejects those out of hand, I don't know that there's anything magic that you can do to get him to understand or agree. So I hear your frustration. I really do. And I would suggest trying to more concrete examples, but... It doesn't sound to me like that the problem, based on what you're saying, and I'm just hearing this side of it, it doesn't sound like the problem is with you. Am I anywhere close to being right about this? I'm sorry? Does it sound like what I'm saying is correct? Yes. Okay. Well, I hear your frustration, and I certainly can understand, but I don't know how you get a person to understand who refuses to understand. And, and I'm not trying to tell you this is hopeless. I'm just saying I don't know how you do that better. Now, sometimes, sometimes if there's a third party, for example, have you guys ever seen a therapist or counselor together? Um, we have been on a couple of coaching calls, and he's come to see my counselor a couple of times. Okay. On the coaching um, calls, are you both he, on the call at the same time? Uh-huh. Okay. And has the coach been able to help him understand how you feel? Any at all? Um, not yet. Not yet. And so what kind of things will he say but, after the coaching call? Um, he's usually just angry. It's more like details. Than, but he wants to have a conversation with my dad and you know, try to get his input and opinion. Because he thinks that's somebody that both of us respect and is a third-party person. 
How do you feel and about that? My dad has no counseling skills. Yeah, that's okay. So I, I think it's great. Okay, and is your dad a wise man? Yes. Well, if you're okay with that, and you think your dad's a wise man, and he's asking for that, we typically advise people not to use friends or family because they can be very prejudiced. But in the sense that it's your husband asking for that, and if you think he will actually hear dad, then I think that could be a good idea. What do you think? Well, I think it's a good idea. I'm just um, concerned with, you know, I could even influence my dad into things to say, but I'm kind of curious about what's going to be said and, you know, In other words, you think he's going to hurt you in your father's eyes? No. Okay. No, I don't think that, but may air dirty laundry. That you don't want your dad to know. At this point, I don't really care, but I just don't want it to get ugly, like, in that sense. Well, you might want to set some ground rules then. If you're going to talk to dad, you might want to set some ground rules both with your husband and with dad. Like, these are the things we can talk about. This area is okay, and, and we don't do things out there. And, and you might look at your dad and say, you know, he's probably going to say some negative things about me. Can you cope with that, dad, and still be reasonable without getting emotional? And if dad says, oh, hell no, if he says bad things about you, I'm going to get pretty mad. Then you might tell your husband, I don't know that this is going to work like you want it to. But if dad says, okay, and you believe that dad can maintain composure, then maybe setting some sound ground rules up front might make sense. Obviously, it's your decision. You do what you think is best. But if he trusts your father and he thinks your father can be of value here and you're okay with that, and you don't think that dad's either going to throw him under the bus or throw you under the bus, while it's not something we would recommend, the fact that he's asking for it, I mean, really, what do you have to lose? That's true. Well, I'm so sorry for your pain and I'm so sorry for the frustration that you feel but but until you can actually have some kind of communication here where you can really, you know, he understands you and you understand him. And and if, you're, if your counselor is not helping that happen, if our coach uh, is not be able, able to help you guys accomplish that, I'm not putting down your counselor, certainly not putting down our coaches, but I'm saying that, that somehow, some way, there's going to have to be some kind of a meeting of the minds where you understand each other. And, and it sounds, based on what you're saying, that that isn't happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else to say to That's this. Correct. Okay. Well, then. Okay. Well, uh, it's, thank it's, you. it's your decision. I appreciate it. Okay. All right. Thanks so much, Amy. Yes, thanks. Was there something that I was missing that you got that I missed? Okay. I don't think so. It sounds like a communication issue, an understanding mm-hmm. communication issue, which, you know, once you figure out how to move past it, if you can. They can. If you can. Well, what I'm saying is it takes two. And, and we hope it works. We hope that our coaches have value to you. We have a lot of confidence in our coaches, a great deal of confidence in our coaches. And, and I don't know who your counselor or therapist is, but I hope that whoever he or she is is doing a good job as well. Uh, just be careful that if you use both a counselor and a coach that, that you don't kind of play them against each other. What I mean by that is, that, well, you tell your coach, well, here's what my therapist said I should do. What do you think I should do? Or you say to your therapist, this is what my coach thinks I should do. What do you think? Just be careful that that doesn't become a thing where it, that it becomes one against the other. You don't want that to happen. And so often it's better to deal with one helper at a time so you don't get confused or things conflicting mm-hmm. there. And, of course, you know, your therapist may be absolutely amazing, and I'm certainly not trying to put him or her down. And we don't try to keep people away from their therapist because that's unethical. But you might consider, okay, I'll deal with one at a time. Okay. Yeah, right. that's good. Someone gave a Facebook comment that I wanted to take a chance to read. This person said, I don't have a question. I just want to say that we went to the workshop in May of 2016, and you guys literally gave us all the tools to save our marriage. We are forever grateful to you and your program. Wonderful. I love it. We are it. so happy to hear that. I love it. That's why we exist. Mm-hmm. Now, you know... Um, we are a 501c3 nonprofit, which means that our goal to get to the end of the year is to be in the black. <laughs> we, we're not trying to amass some fortune out there like a for-profit company naturally would because that's why they exist, is to make money. We just want to be in the black. 
And, and so therefore we do charge for some of the things that we do so we can maintain what we do and stay in existence. But the reason we stay in existence, the reason we're here is because we genuinely want to help. And therefore when we get a message like this, it's like, mm, awesome. What, what we're doing is doing good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I love even more is we know these people. I mean, even with the thousands of people we've worked with, I can look at this comment and say, I remember her. I remember her husband. I remember where they're from. I remember all their kids that they talked about, all of it. And so we, I mean, we love <laughs> you guys. I mean, we really, we, we rejoice care. and celebrate with you because we feel like we've been walking alongside you encouraging you for so long. And so it's always, always, always good to hear those we things. We do care. We absolutely do. All right, Joe, the next question is from Amy from New Jersey. She has a question about what to do after the Save My Marriage course. Amy, can you hear us okay? Hi. Yes, I can. Hey, how are you doing today? I'm hanging in there. <laughs> That's an honest answer. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we help you today, Amy? <laughs> So I've gone through the 10-week program, and my um, representative is fabulous. However, my husband and I have very limited contact, um, especially with him being five states away. Mm. And so I wanted to know, with the coaching program, if there's any way for them to help me be have more effective communication skills, basically, because I feel like I have very limited opportunity to speak um, with him and mm-hmm. maybe every three weeks he emails me and I don't know if I'm answering things professionally, kindly, respectfully, optimally. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, where do I go from here? All right. That's an excellent question. Well, our, our coaches do exactly that. They coach which means they're not counselors, they're not therapists, they're coaches, and they're well, well versed in our information and our material. They've all been through our workshops, for example. They've all been trained by Jim Porto, who is our director of operations, but also over all of our, our coaches. And, and the way they can help you do this, Amy, is if you've had a conversation with, with your husband, for example, you could kind of play that conversation back for them in terms of, and then when he said this, I said that. Now, they won't go, hmm. No, what you should have said was, that's, they're not trained to do it that way. They're trained to ask you questions like, okay, how do you think he responded to that? What do you think you could have said that might have had a different message? And what was it you were actually trying to accomplish? And so by knowing the right questions to ask, they can help you think things through in process. And, and often that's better than somebody saying, no, no, say this, say this, because then you forget. But when people are asking you questions and helping you think it through is when you start going, oh, I'm learning this process. I'm, I'm now learning what you're talking about. Yes, that makes sense to me. And so it's understanding and comprehending the principles that really help you communicate better as opposed to somebody saying, don't say this, say this. Does that make any sense at all what I'm saying here? Absolutely. And that's where I feel like I'm all thumbs right now because the majority of our communication is via email. And uh, so it can come off as very cold. Yes, um, it can. And so that's what I really think I need next. Uh, so I guess I'll reach out to my um, Amber and have her help me sign up for the classes. Um, I mean, for the coaching, just mm-hmm. because I, I, I feel like I'm all thumbs. Like when I'm sending things back, trying to have some emotion, um, but mm-hmm. like respectful and kindness, but not being um, like a pushover. <laughs> well, I got you. And you don't want to be that doormat, if you will. Mm-hmm. Amber's very good. Mm-hmm. And when you talk to Amber again, talk about, you know, help her, tell her, I'm asking you, Amber, to help me get the right coach you think would work best with me. Now, all our coaches are good. I believe in all of them. But sometimes there are ones that work better with okay. particular people. And if, if uh, Amber knows you, and I'm assuming that she does, and Amber's extremely sharp, yeah. then she can help get you the right coach to help you do this. Okay, excellent. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you, Amy. Thank you, Amy. Hope you have a Merry Christmas. Same to you. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you for that. She sounds like an extremely intelligent young lady to me. Absolutely. I was impressed with just the way she thinks and talks. Yeah. Because all of us can really mess things up. I don't care who we are. Mm -hmm. But when you hear a person going, hmm, okay, now how do I do this better? Mm -hmm. That's when you see people that it's like, wow, 
that that's awesome. Mm-hmm. As Kimberly said earlier, sometimes we and we understand we understand people in pain sometimes just need to rent to rant and to vent. Mm-hmm. I put those two things together and said rent, rent and vent. But uh, we really like when a person gets to the point of okay, at this point it's all about how do I do this better, and and we love working with people in that situation. Mm-hmm. We have one Facebook question that's come up. Oh, but before I get to that, just a reminder, if you want to ask a question, we have a few more minutes left in the program. If you've called in, then be sure to press the number one, and that will put you into the queue to be able to ask a question to Dr. Beam. If you're listening on Facebook and want to call in, then the phone number will show up on the screen below, but it is 657-383-0812, and be sure to press the number one. So, now, since she's reminding, I'll also remind. See this mop on my head? If you're an amazing <laughs> hairstylist and you live in Middle Tennessee and can help me get a new hairstyle, you call in and tell us that. I want to come see you. Oh, my <laughs> Look at this. I'm looking at myself on the screen over there going, good grief, somebody's got to do something with that hair. So you know how typically... If someone goes to the hairdresser, the client getting their hair done is the one to talk about the marriage problems. What's going to happen is you're going to get someone who's going to take you as their client, and they're going to tell you all about their marriage problems. Which is, if they can make my hair look decent, I'm actually, I don't look better than decent, fantastic, then that's a good trade right there. It'll be great. It'll be perfect. All right. Someone has the question and she says, my husband and I have been married for 16 years. He's been having an affair for two. Mm. He's been living with the other woman for a year, Mm. but has not filed for divorce. Mm. We have four children and our two oldest don't have any relationship with him after they asked him to stop his affair and he refused to. Mm. My husband and I don't speak except for about the kids. But anytime he talks to the older children, he shifts the blame on me for the problems in our marriage and tells them that he's never coming back. He continues to provide financially and has recently given me an offer to settle out of court, of which I have not responded to. I have told him that I will not be the one to file for divorce. And after speaking to an attorney, I realized I would not benefit to file for divorce for the kids and I. What is holding him back from filing after being gone so long? Also, he has never asked to introduce the kids to the other woman and they have never met her. I'm wondering why if that's the person that he's choosing to be with. Okay. Now, I understand you asking the questions. We human beings want to know why. Why this, why that, why the other. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the way human beings are put together. We want to know the whys. But even as you ask that question, you know that there's nobody that can tell you that. Mm-mm. Now, if you post that question on the Internet, everybody will have an answer. Everybody. They all know. Mm-hmm. They've never met you, never met your husband, but they know. Ignore those people. Okay, they don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and and certainly if I said, oh, here's why he's doing that, then I would not be ethical. And you could write me off as unprofessional and an absolute idiot. Because how can I tell you why he's doing what he's doing? I don't know. Now, the only person that does know is him if he knows. Because what do you mean if he knows? Surely there have been things you've done in your life. And if somebody looks at you and said, why did you do that? You look back at them and went, I don't know. Because we don't even always understand our own motivations. We don't. Now, can I give you potentials? Oh, I can give you a whole list of potentials. It may be this, it may be this, it may be this, it may be this. But they're all guesses. And I'm, and I'm kind of hesitant. Well, as a matter of fact, I'm extremely hesitant to do that for fear that you lock onto one of those and go, oh, it must be that. No, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Here's, here's what it boils down to. If your older children, when they communicate with him, and they're the ones, wait a minute, I'm, I got a little confused there. The older kids have nothing to do with him at all. Yeah, so they've which, asked him to stop the affair. So to which children is he degrading his wife? The older ones. Oh, so if he does have contact with them, it's always, it's, my, it's, it's your mama's fault, that kind of thing? That's what I understand. Okay. I'm assuming that when you have conversations with your, your children, that they tell you those things. You know, he said this about you, he said that about you. There's really no need to defend yourself. And I would advise you to be very careful about saying negative things about him. Because no matter what, and what he's doing is terrible, it's bad, but he's still their dad. And there's no value to those kids for you to say negative things about him. Now, if they say negative things about him to you, you can listen. I understand how you feel. I understand how you feel. But I would strongly suggest you don't answer with, I think the same thing. He's doing this terrible thing. He's doing, you know, Mm -hmm. just be careful that you don't throw him under the bus with them. It's okay for them to vent, okay for you to understand, okay for you to be there, but please don't reciprocate because it just does more damage to them in the long run, and, and you certainly don't want that. 
But it's really a good thing if they're coming and telling you that so that you can be there to say, I'm so sorry that, that you heard those kind of things. And then you can even say things like, do you think I'm being a bad person? Do you think it's my fault? Not, not, not again now to beat your husband up, but so they can tell you if they're upset. And it would not be unusual if sometimes they say, yeah, mom, we think maybe you are making some errors. If they, I know that will hurt if you hear that, but it actually helps your relationship with them if you can listen to that and say, okay, can you help me understand what you mean, etc. Because right now, you're kind of being both parents. And I know that's tough, and I know it's not fair. Mm-hmm. But if you can listen to their pain and their hurt, even if sometimes they direct it at you, understand it's really not about you. It's just the fact that they're hurt, and it has got to come out some way. And you'll actually deepen your relationship with these kids. And you'll actually be helping them later in life by doing that now. Now, why isn't he filing for divorce I don't know. But hopefully it's a good thing in the long run because if he can't make that kind of commitment to her now, that actually may work to the benefit in the long run, you understand. So I can't tell you why he's not doing that. And I understand about you not filing for divorce because of the fact that it's not going to be to your advantage. Now you say he made you some kind of an offer, but then you say he didn't file for divorce. So I'm going to assume that that offer didn't include a divorce. It just meant I'm offering you this maybe financially or I'm offering you this, that, or the other. And and if you think that's a good deal, and if you don't have to sign anything away, then maybe you want to go talk to an attorney about that and go, should I accept the offer if there's no built-in negatives that are going to hurt you in the long run? And that's why if you're going to even assume that you might take an offer like that, it's really good to talk to an attorney. Now, if that offer included a legal separation or a divorce, then, then he is really thinking about divorce. Now, you said he hasn't filed for divorce, so let's just hope he doesn't and things can work out. The fact that he has not introduced the kids to her could be as simple as because of the fact that the kids have already said you're doing a bad thing and he's afraid they'll say something negative to her. It could actually be that simple. Or it could be that in the long run, just like he hasn't filed divorce, there's a possibility that in his mind he hasn't completely committed to this woman. And if that's, if that's the case, and I'm not telling you it is, I am not telling you it is, But if that's the case, then that actually works to your advantage in the long run because some really good people can do some really screwy stuff. And sometimes they do some really crappy stuff. Okay. And by the way, if you say, he said crap, that's because I thought maybe if I use the other word, Facebook would get angry. But you understand that people sometimes do some really bad stuff. If that good man is still in there and the fact that he hasn't divorced and he's not introducing this woman, that good man may reemerge at some point. Mm. And then it becomes your job to decide, do I want to help put this marriage back together? So if you can be patient, we suggest that you do. But it's always your decision. Mm-hmm. That's good. We got another Facebook comment that came in. Mm-hmm. And this person said, there's always hope. And you guys really know how to help us hold on to that hope when it may all seem hopeless. Thank you for all that you do. Well, we know it can be hopeless, and we also know that sometimes mm-hmm. it's not going to ultimately work out. But we've seen, oh, we've been doing this thing for a long time. Realize that uh, the first nonprofit that Alice and I founded to help marriages was in 1994, so that was 24 years ago. Mm. So we've been working with marriages for about a quarter of a century now. And, you know, um, that's a pretty long time. And I can't tell you the number of times we've seen cases where everybody said, give up, it's hopeless. There's absolutely no way mm-hmm. where that, because the spouse who was standing was like, help me, give me strength, give me hope, tell me the things to do. I can't tell you the number of times, and it's in the thousands, that we've seen it actually eventually work out, the marriage be put back together, and much better now than it was before, not because of the problem, but because of what they learned from the problem. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean it's always going to happen. And we would lie to you if we said we have 100% success in helping people save their marriages. Sometimes it's not going to work. But what we teach people is we're teaching you a system, we're teaching you a plan that if anything works, Mm -hmm. this will. If anything works, this will. And we've seen it work with so many thousands of people that we feel really confident when we say that. Yeah, and no matter what, you're going to come out on the other side of it a better person. Absolutely. It's a win-win. As our our, um, director of operations, Jim Porto, says, like attracts like, and I think that's exactly right, which means if you're one of the minority that don't make it, that your marriage doesn't finally get back together and wind up being good, that if you wind up, for example, divorced, single, then the things you'll learn about how you become a better person 
means that the next person that you attract is more likely going to be a better person than you would have attracted otherwise because like attracts like. Now, we hope this marriage works. That's what we're all about. We're not trying to prepare you for the next marriage. But as Kimberly said, you follow these principles on how to do these things. And if God forbid this marriage does not work, then you're much better prepared to get the right person to have the right relationship in the next marriage. Mm -hmm. Joe, as we're wrapping up, knowing it's the holiday season, things are crazy, marriage can be crazy, um, a lot of tension within marriages can show up during this time of year just because mm -hmm. of the added stress financially and, and all the sorts of that. What is some of the advice you would give to the listeners, no matter what stage their marriage might be in right now, to help them get through the holiday season without pulling all of their hair out. <laughs> well, that could be the solution to my hair I was problem. about to I say, yeah, there might be a correlation here. We suggest this. I know it's tough. I know it's hard because you're hurting. You love a person who that, that either says or demonstrates that he or she's not loving you so much right now. And that hurts a lot. And, and I'm, I will not diminish that pain or pretend that it doesn't hurt as badly as it does. I know it does. But if you can, try to think, about the good, whatever good there is in your life. Because if you focus just on the pain, you focus just on the hurt, then you become a person who's just consumed by pain and hurt. And so even in your hurt, if you can focus on whatever's positive, like at least I have my health or I have 